Hello, everyone. I'm Justin Michael. I'm your host of the Product-Led Growth Show for SDRs, a podcast on 10Bound, where we're talking about PLG, Product-Led Growth, and the intersection with sales. I'm excited today to have Despina from Product-Led Growth Hub in Greece joining us, who's an expert on PLG, and we're going to talk about this unique nexus point. How are you today, Despina? I'm fine. Thank you so much for the invite, Justin. Yeah, I'm excited to have you here. So, Let's first just start with definitions, because I think we're seeing some companies leverage this model, product-led growth, and uh, I'm sure the audience would be interesting just to hear your opinion of the definition. Yes, sure. So in general, PLG is about how to make a user activate, retain, be retained, and actually an account to be expanded via users. But I think that it's so much more than that. I think that companies who deliver a stellar product experience and align on a, around product usage and product features in order to achieve what we say in sales growth, which is the big trophy for everyone, I guess. So PLG is product being product-led. Uh, having product-led growth is more than just having another definition in your business model. It's pretty much a business model itself at least for me. It starts from acquisition, obviously. It implicates a lot of sales. Sales need to actually revamp their core way of thinking in order to come across PLG. They need to become more product-driven. They need to know how to read the, you know, a report that has product KPIs there and see where journal lines, where drop-offs align, what, where do they actually need to be proactive. So it be- it starts from sales. However, it goes forward to customer support as well, to customer success. It pretty much implicates UX. It also implicates engineering. So everybody needs to be aligned around the product, derive results from it, and deliver a better customer experience. I love that word customer experience because I really do believe that we have entered this age of the customer, which, you know, having been selling at Salesforce, I really believe in that. So Is this available for everyone? I mean, does every SaaS company need to become a product-led growth? I think it's it's the hot buzzword, right? I hear companies like Dropbox and Snowflake and Slack, and we just released this this semi-freemium thing out there. It grows like blazes and it sells itself. This is the primitive view, but it's much more sophisticated. We were talking before the show about it's probably not for everyone. And how do you know whether you should select this business model? Well, I think that there is no panacea in that, meaning that obviously Slack, uh, Dropbox, and all of the other products that are famous for their PLG approach are the low-hanging fruits. But besides that, not every product is so easy, so intuitive. I mean, the talent is enterprise product, right? How can you transform a platform like Salesforce, for example, being very intuitive, having a notion customer journey, having an onboarding that actually guides users without having sales or customer success and hold them just for the handholding per se. It needs a mindset shift to get there. I think that every product that needs to go there that is not so intuitive, it's more complicated, it has many solutions under its nest, under its umbrella, so to start partially doing the transformation. So there is a case that you have a huge total addressable market out there and you want to launch a freemium to see how that goes if you are going you know, to embrace acquisition. You should try that. You should experiment. You should actually launch something that you know that overall your 
the user base likes, that it may actually apply to the end user out there, even if it's not you know, the enterprise use case. I don't know if I put that simply or you want me to simplify things more. No, that was fantastic. Now, we want to talk about the role of sales. So this show traditionally, 10bound.com, we talk a lot about sales development reps, which are really just the inside sales reps of the future. If the mm-hmm. product is being seeded in the organization, when the product is attracting inbound interest and it's being spread internally, product-led growth, will the seller go away sometimes? Or, so it's two questions. It's when does the seller just go away? <laughs> and then number two, if sellers are there, where do they interface and what are the new workflows from your perspective? Okay, so in PLG, in a PLG approach, to put it that way, the product sells itself. We know that. However, is that even feasible? This is feasible by having an intuitive product and by having a very strong onboarding process. So even the way buyers approach now products has changed. So your enterprise buyer may actually go and have a trial before actually reaching out to sales. So how do you combine the two? You need the right tool stack. You need an enrichment. You need a product experience solution. Product experience solution might be a solution like Gainsight or Pendo that can align onboarding around user data and actually sales know how users enter the solution and where they drop off and product management sets some milestones and align with sales on that. So having the right tech stack in place, you can set some first enough milestones that lead to activation. And from there onwards, sales can say that, okay, via enrichment, I saw that this is most probably coming from a good organization. However, he doesn't activate. I should reach out. Or he might say that, oh, this organization, it's via free mail, not a corporate one, but they have increased adoption. Perhaps, perhaps I should investigate this further. There is no panacea on how to actually approach this, but sales are not by default, you know, vanished. Sales should be there to be more proactive, to actually take care of the leads that are product qualified leads, as we say them, in product, we PLT gigs in general, and see where actually users enter the solution, where the drop-offs are to, and how they may intervene to save the day, to be more strategic, not to handhold. Because usually we say that sales are there to present the demo and have the, you know, the customer hooked by the solution, but the customer can be hooked by your solution first, and then sales can come later. Kai Poyer has published a very nice post on the matter on OpenView. I strongly suggest uh, that anyone who does not read it, go and do that like now. It has actually that exact title. Your product sells itself, now higher sales. So it should be an ongoing process and it should be actually which is your target persona? Who do you want to target and when and why? How the sales can become more as an advisor, less than someone that just can hold until he closes the sale. That's all very helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so OpenView, I'm going to interview. So right off the bat, mm-hmm. I'm really grateful. Uh, you're one of my first guests and super stoked to have you on the show. There's a lot of myths about you know, how to pull off product-led growth. And you just talked about tech enablement. We love that at 10Bound because we put out these tech stack diagrams and it's totally fine to mention vendors here. We're just trying to figure out how we do this. So give sales leaders tools and entrepreneurs tools of how to make product-led growth happen. So go to OpenView, 
two questions. Is there a book now on product-led growth that people should read? And what are the tech stacks to do product-led growth that you just talked about? Because I know there's stuff like Tatango and Gainsight where you get product analytics of how things are being used, you know, even oh, there's a lot of different ones, but you mentioned tech stacks. Can you mention some tech stacks and some resources where people can learn about this stuff? So in terms of tech stacks, uh, always Gainsight BX, Pendo. There are many product analytics solutions that are you know, very robust. However, Pendo and Gainsight PX, they also include onboarding activations in it. You can actually onboard the user and see where the user drops off and how actually onboarding embraces digital adoption. So they are more concrete and more complete as solutions. We also have by HIP, we have Amplitude, we have many product analytics solutions per se, but however, they should be integrated with an onboarding solution. User lane, for example, is an onboarding solution like that. User pilot as well. So there are many stacks that you can look after. In terms of enrichment, cool IO, you should also absolutely have segment in place for more than one use cases. So you stay ahead of the market. OpenView is a huge resource. It could yeah. be leaders and it could be, I mean, when I study revenue operations, I do stuff like Brad Smith and Sonar, like Wizard of Ops. I go to these different Slack channels and communities when I was studying for my book because there's like, it's so cutting edge. It's not really anywhere. It's only really in the blogosphere or following certain, that's how I found you on LinkedIn. David Delaney and I were searching for product-led growth leadership and you're so grace, gracious to just respond and jump on this new show. I'm not in sure if you the book. In terms of resources, yes. The, my book, before I get into PLG, I was into onboarding. Someone may imagine from the, night, from the times I mentioned the word. So I started a research on product onboarding, on user onboarding overall. And this is where I stuck up on PLG. And I had the, the luck to meet my, my mentor there, which is actually one of the co-authors of the first product-led growth book ever, which is Mastering Product, product Experience in SaaS. It's written by Nick Bonfolio and Mickey Alon. They were both Mickey's still co-founders of Games IPX. So they wrote this book. It's pretty, you know, introductory one. But if you are looking forward to know what is PLG, this is the best book you can have on yourself. I have read it like 10 times and I still go back to it in order to find new learnings there. Now, in terms of blogs and posts and guides, obviously OpenView, uh, without no second thought. OpenView is a treasure when it comes to PLG. Kyle Poyer uh, is an amazing, an amazing brain out there. I mean, I have written all his blog posts. I really suggest you should follow him. And Gainsight, obviously, Pendle the same. They have amazing webinars, blog, uh, podcasts. I don't know if I'm forgetting someone right now. Product Craft, Product Board. Everyone that is actually aligned around the product-driven power. <laughs> Tell me this. Tell me, what was the what was the book again on Amazon? I'm literally going to buy it right now. <laughs> uh, it's free. If you go on Gainsight, if you Google Mastering Product Experience in SaaS in Google, mm-hmm. it's actually a free resource offered to anyone by Gainsight. You will find it like top results. Ah, super cool. Oh, read the book. I see it. I see it. You should. It's amazing. I love it. So we're learning about resources and kind of how you get resourced. And I want to talk to you more about the motion. So inbound sales, outbound sales, what's the optimal mix? I mean, when I put together SDR teams, you see two things. One, you see sales development reps 40% of the time per bridge group roll up to marketing and demand gen. And then 60% of the time sales development reps roll up into sales. 
let's say that we've executed product-led growth. We have Pendo, we have Gainsight, we've onboarded, we've got analytics tools like Amplitude and Heap. I come out of the mobile analytics space. So I'm a little more advanced than you might think, because I've, I've looked at all this from a mobile application perspective and user experience. And I've been doing tech startups now for 14 years. So my question is, let's say we've got that all in place and you, Despina, you're building a team. Do you build up your sales development under marketing or would you build it up under sales and why? Good question. Well, in the beginning, you go lean, right? I mean, you cannot have both marketing and sales and, you know, every department really won't. So considering the state you are in, I would go first with growth marketing to have as many inbounds as humanly possible and then convert those inbounds into product qualified leads. Assuming that you have a product-led growth strategy and you get a lot of inbounds, I think that the growth marketing strategy is the most suitable one, in the beginning, that is, only because enterprise takes longer to close and it will not actually, you know, allow any startup to scale, at least in the beginning. In the beginning, it's all, how can I uh, optimize acquisition, right? How do, can I get more leads? So a lot of good content, a good solid inbound strategy, and then convert that to, you know, product qualified leads. Yeah, so... Now, I wonder if sellers are a little worried. They're like, there's these companies that are going to come out that are going to have product-led growth where the product almost sells itself. How can they be prepared for this new future? Do they need different skills? That's a very, very good question. I think they should become more product-driven, to put it that way. What I see as a user, obviously I'm not the average user out there because my obsession is to have trials and see how the journey is. I see that there is no alignment in what the solution does and how, what support sales or whoever actually talks to me uh, know about the solution. So there are many times that you know sales know less than I do, that I'm a user and I explore that for the first time, or support is not so proactive. But in the sales case, I would say that they have nothing to be afraid if you want my humble opinion. They just need to become, you know, learn why product KPIs affect the sale itself. How does it affect it? Where are the milestones, the users? Actually, which milestones users need to reach in order to convert? What does the competition do? How can I become more proactive in terms of that and, you know, make my product better or the positioning better or my enablement better? How product-led growth helped me in sales and implement? Why should I have a solution like for product onboarding when I'm actually the sale, that's the seller, right? I mean, I should do that. And the truth is that sales always have more, a lot of things on their hands. They should actually need to realize that they have a good lead to move forward and inspire growth. And to do that, you only can do it on if you know what the product offers, if you know what is the experience your user desires. If you know that your buyer has changed, he needs to go and see how his team is going to benefit from that. So there are stuff that sales need to learn. But the first step for me is always to align with products and product marketing to actually deliver that first touches that will make the user tick. Quick question. It's been awesome feedback. So my question is, what are some of the pitfalls that we should avoid in going with this direction? In general, as people are starting to roll it out, where, where are they making mistakes with product-led growth and with product-led growth and how sales interfaces? It's two questions. You know, It's one thing just to nail product-led growth, it's an, and then it's another thing to know how to integrate sales and marketing 
appropriately with the new model. So what are some, um, uh, you know, cautionary tales? Okay, that's a hard one. I think that PLG has many myths around it aligned so far. So the majority of people think that product-led growth is a free trial or a freemium or how we can hook the user with a free offering because the user now is going to recognize what we offer. The truth is uh, that almost 60% of the users never return to your product. Nobody knows why. <laughs> Perhaps they're too busy. Perhaps your sign-up process is not so optimized. But aside from that, assuming that your sign-up process is fine and they land into the product and everything goes well, what they, the first experience, the experience that they go down to the aha moment, as we say, should actually continue throughout the customer journey. So one of the myths around PLG is that, okay, we have free trial, the user reads the aha moment, we're fine, we're good to go. No, this should continue until retention, expansion, reactivation, whatever the steps you have on the customer journey, obviously all the steps lead to you know, upgrades, sell again to the same user. This should be enabled by product experience and to make the teams internally more proactive if as a sales team, you also have like upsells, you should know when a user is ready to do that. Uh, when do you know that users, you know, they hit that user third threshold and they are ready to upgrade on bring more team members in the solution? You should be aware of those points. Those are great advice. So next question, back to another question is, can you pull it off? Can you build a product-led growth company without sellers? I think that in the beginning... Everybody sells. The product sells. You as a founder sell. The marketing sells. Everybody sells. The thing is, how do you do it via the product, right? So if I was a startup that I experienced growth, I would first deliver stellar product experience, perhaps hire an inbound, an SDR, and uh, take it from there. But the product should do the heavy lifting, especially in the beginning. In the beginning, you need to scale and you need to scale fast. And even if you are an SDR, even if you are someone that, you know, holds the acquisition in its hands, it may be growth marketing, a growth hacker. We have so many names out there. You should know what makes your user tick. You should know those points in the customer journey that the user will discover and how he will discover them. So if you need five steps until the user converts, that's awesome. But you should constantly experiment in the product, not only out of it. You should grab yeah. the user from the very beginning. So I don't like labels. So I don't think that only sales hold acquisition or marketing only hold acquisition. I think that every team internally wants to lead to growth. So marketing and sales were the main growth you know, owners so far. But even if product is now or it's not, well, no matter your scheme, what is the schema you have internally, you should know that first the product, then the customer-facing things. And the reason that we cannot actually deny the fact that we cannot actually go forward without a sales team is that a sales team is there to be a strategic advisor, right? The product will give you the experience, but if you are a big customer, if you are a customer that you know, grows with the product, like HubSpot, all HubSpot enables their its customers to do that, you need a sales rep an SDR, a new business developer, I don't know the word, to tell you that in order to achieve that, you should actually invest in those forms of the product. This is your use case. When you grow, you may need this. 
Or do I understand to also use top grade and use this plan? I don't know if I answer it again, to be honest. You're doing, you're doing great. We're, we're breaking ground here, right? We're in new territory. So one of the things that we always encourage sellers to do is be trusted advisors. So if people have a bunch of SaaS licenses of a product and it's working and it's creating value across an enterprise and there's suddenly 16 people using it or 26 people using it, then the sellers come in and they find the use case and they say, well, here's how you can go further. And here's a plan that's going to bring it together. And here's the architecture of a solution. So it's funny. I found the number one book on Amazon on this category is product led growth by Wes Bush. And it looks like Wes is the founder and president of the product led Institute. Do you know Wes? Yes, I do. Okay. I'm going to interview him on the show. I don't know if you're competitors or if it's all one big happy family and and product-led growth right now, but I'm just trying to get smarter. And yeah, there's this idea of customer acquisition cost. And the dream is like, just build the product, like build it and they will come. Field of dreams, right? And all founders think this way. They think, you know, we're just going to create this amazing product and, you know, the internet's going to attack it and sign up. But then it does happen some, you know, uh, there's like the virality of Hotmail or early Dropbox where everybody's just sharing it around. The thing like takes off like fire, like Clubhouse, you know, like what do you, <laughs> things wild. Is that mythic? Is that still possible to get this tremendous traction? I mean, there's still the bootstrapping and investment of your time. I mean, I don't know as much about the subject as I should. But that's why I started this podcast because I already there's a mythology that products can sell themselves and you don't need sellers. I think the truth at least at the moment, it's somewhere in between. Product should set itself. And if you don't have an amazing product, probably you don't have product market fit. And this is a totally, a totally different discussion. But assuming you have one and you want to you know, target more than one customer segments out there, you should actually have a, grow, a product-led growth strategy that applies or a product experience that applies to each one of them. So if you have low touch or no touch sales, uh, you should know when these low touch or no touch perhaps have signs that you know, are going to be a big customer. You should know when, <laughs> where the customer, the no touch customer, the you know, SMBs drop off because they don't actually, your product doesn't apply to your use case. And while this might sound like you know, science, how do I do that? How, how do I foresee what the user will do? If you build a product and you have actually considered also the context of users, this might become easier. So assuming you have a product onboarding strategy, okay? And the user enters the product. Most products you enter, you sign up, you enter it, it's totally the same experience. There is no sign of differentiation in what should I learn. While at the same time, if you had an onboarding, I will have a term at Product-Led Growth Hub. It is being called Product-Led Onboarding. If you have an onboarding that is considers historical data, historical usage, it considers your role, your persona, what you want to achieve in the product. Are you a buyer? Are you an end user? It also considers your proficiency levels. So you sign up from another from a competitor. So you are most probably familiar with this kind of industry, right? If you have an if you go to, I don't know, HubSpot, if you go to MailChimp and you sign up from a competitor, you know what email marketing is. So you are a bit more advanced. You need to consider all that and then your product experience starts and then sales come. So I don't think that there is a golden nugget right now. I think the industry just begins to learn what is building. It will take a while. There are ways like product virality that you just mentioned. 
you should have your product being viral as much as possible. For example, if you are intercom, you have the small, in the chat widget, you have made by intercom people get to know you. However, there are no magic tricks that will get you there. It's an effort that should align on every stage of the customer journey. It should align all the teams together. There should be a north sun metric that you monitor and you align your whole product experience around. This has been fantastic. So we am I too complicated, really? No, you're fantastic. This is a, like a new subject in art form. So what we've learned is that it depends. Not everyone is going to embrace a product-led growth strategy. I really love the idea of user testing. A, a close contact of mine talks about how too many companies just clone or copy other companies or, you know, we're the Uber of or the Starbucks of, and they just copy. And the more effective way is to do the research, the UI, the UX, the surveys, the user groups, and figure out the flow to get to product market fit, to get to the MVP. So I wanted to get your take on nailing the MVP and then just how this impacts the sales process. Let's span out another two years and, or five years. How do you see SaaS now impacted by the effect of product-led growth in PLG? So now we have 20%, 30% of companies with some flavor of PLG working, maybe 10%. And then how does that impact sales and marketing? Just give us some future predictions and vision because you're really studying, studying this deeply now and you can kind of span out like forecast what we should see happen. So in our research on 2019, we found that even big companies that didn't even have a PQL as a metric in their assessments. I think that the industry is going there at 25 to 30% perhaps, as you mentioned, might be there somehow, although not totally because it's not only the product, it's always how do you align your teams around the product. And this takes its toll, especially if it's a brand new concept internally. I think that COVID was, uh, is doing a favor to PLT right now because there are so many remote teams that need to adopt, you know, a new tool without being the customer success manager or sales SDR there to explain everything. So your experience should be stellar. So I think that another digital transformation is that indeed I think PLG will rise in five years to, I don't know, 50%. I think that most products that are being built as we speak have the PLG element or philosophy in them. They are more intuitive. They have a viral element. These things are pretty standard, uh, but gradually I think that it will become the only solution because eventually you want to go to the expansion stage as an organization and scale. You don't want to hit the ceiling because, okay, uh, the acquisition cost is so, so big and I will never be able, you know, to have real benefits, real, you know real money out of them. How much should the customer lifetime value expand and to what, what end to say that to achieve growth? Yeah, this has been a great talk. Tell us about what you're working on. Do some shameless plugs. It's all good. Tell us about the product-led growth hub. You're based in Greece, which, you know, dying to get over there. My, my favorite restaurant in San Francisco is called Kokari. It's quite famous. <laughs> like been there for 20 years my aunts love it it's the best greek food probably this side of uh, athens but tell us what you're working on over there and why did you get into working on this based on your background and kind of where can people participate don't you have like a, a course or a master class how, how can people get involved so product growth hub is the world's first PLT academy as we like to say it 
and we are the only ones so far. I've been to PLG three years now. I got into PLG, as I mentioned earlier, from a research I did in product onboarding mostly, where I met my mentor, Nick Bonfilio. I pretty much owe everything to him. My mindset, mindset was all him. So <laughs> he's like one of my you know, most favorite persons in the world. Um, I, there I founded Reinvent Growth, which was a product-led growth agency. However, I realized that if I want to evangelize PLG, I need to launch something that aligns with the value probe of PLG in the whole community. So last year we launched Product-Led Growth Hub. We have around 50, from 50 to 60 PLG training sessions <laughs> for everyone. We launched this February our kickoff. And prior to that, we have a free masterclass right now on product-led sales for anyone that is interested to attend or sign up. It's totally free. And we try to give learnings and free value as much as we can and pretty much embrace the whole product-led movement as as much as humanly possible. That's awesome. So your LinkedIn, where do people go? And your website. I want to make sure that we wrap them to you. Yeah, so my website is www.productledhub.com. And if you want to have a glimpse on our academy, it's academy.productledhub.com. Awesome. Thank you, Despina. And really excited to have you on one of the first episodes of the Product-Led Growth Sales Development Podcast. Can we get more words on that? Last question I do with every guest is, what's your favorite quote? What's what's something that (laughs) is an inspiring quote that you or concept in terms of sales or in general in general it could be life uh, it could be in latin it's whatever <laughs> whatever you like it could be in greek it's anything uh in greek uh no i won't do that to your audience right now <laughs> but i would say that my lifeline is if you don't fight away make one and i think that this may reflect many founders vision in terms of, in regards to their product as well so find the goal stick to it and you will get there. Fantastic. Thanks again, Despina, and uh, have a wonderful day. Thanks for coming on the show. We'll have you back soon. Thank you. Thanks so much.